You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network as well. It's your team every single day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. We are attempting to record today with Nada window being open and at first we just had birds chirping and singing in the background it was actually pretty delightful and then the garbage truck started going on your street not and now you don't know if you're going to be able to do it to the nice tune of the birds chirping in the background garbage trucks chased all the birds away i was actually happy for once like we were about to record an episode we about to have a whole bunch of fun and then all these garbage trucks because obviously it's garbage day come through and decide you know what I, again, I'm just again. I'm going to ruin the vibe. And thank you again, Mecklenburg's Department of uh, Sanitation, for ruining <laughs> a, what was going to be a good, really good recording experience. Maybe we get the birds back. Hopefully, they didn't chase them all away. But most important, yeah. I hope anybody is holding off on their joke that ha ha ha. Not, again, the garbage truck's there for you, Nada. They're going to take you away because you're trash. Thank you for your unoriginal <laughs> oh, joke. I, I beat you to the punch. <laughs> I hope. Was, uh, you just went Eminem and 8 yes, Mile. Yes, I did. Tell them something they don't know about yes, exactly. me. Yes, exactly. Uh, I hope nobody would call you trash that needs to be taken away from the sanitation uh, well, department. Well, you know what? He, again, someone will probably say it. Someone, someone thought it already. Someone probably thought it. I would... beat them to the punch. That's as self-deprecating as it gets right here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're going to talk about the Lakers game tonight. Are we approaching? I'm not asking you that not uh, yet. Not a, yeah, don't do I'm it. Don't do it yet. But I'm going to tease the question on. Are we approaching no excuses territory again against the Lakers? No LeBron, no AD. We'll see if any other injuries come about, but that'll come up later on as we preview that contest. Uh, I do want to discuss um, this article that came out from 538, a part of ESPN as well. And what you see is uh, I'm going to look up the uh, uh, writer of this story. Once again, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's Lewis Lewis Zotsman Zotsman Zotsman. again. You know what? We'll we'll give him. Let's go Zotsman. Let's go Zotsman. Let's give him a little bit of foreign panache. All right, cool. Lewis Zotsman, or we can just call him Louis Z. I kind of like that as well. Um, Anyways, he discusses the three point guard lineup and how it's actually worked for the Charlotte Hornets this season and how that might start to be a trend. And we had already seen it just a little bit a couple of years prior and especially last year where it exploded with success. The Oklahoma City Thunder lineup when they would throw out Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, and of course, Shea Gilgis Alexander. And that was, I believe, the best lineup in all of the NBA. I forget the other two. I think Gallinari was a part of that one as well, but it was the three-point guard lineup that the Thunder would use that proved to be so lethal. Well, the Charlotte Hornets, they went to a three-guard lineup when Devontae Graham, LaMelo Ball, and Terry Rozier were all healthy, and it was LaMelo who clearly was playing at such a high level, you couldn't hold him on the bench anymore. That became a decision that Borrego decided to go with. 
And so uh, Zotsman, Louis Z, he writes on February 5th, Charlotte Hornets head coach Borrego made a remarkable choice. Starting point guard Terry Rozier was returning from a two game absence because of the ankle injury. While Rozier was out, rookie point guard LaMelo Ball had jumped point guard Devontae Graham in the starting lineup and both had scored in double figures each game up against the NBA's best team in the Utah Jazz. Borrego threw caution to the wind and started all three together. And though the Hornets eventually lost the game, the three point guard group won its 5.1 minutes by seven points that group likely won't wouldn't have played together for long or likely would have played together for longer had Graham not hurt his groin in the first half and then again got injured and then when Graham returned a week later the Hornets started the same three-point guard group against the Timberwolves granted it's the Timberwolves but they won its 14.6 minutes by eight points in a victory and so Nada here we have him kind of going by the numbers and proving that you have some point guard lineups three point guard lineups with the Hornets and it worked really well for us this season and you could go back to Oklahoma City and you could see that trend he also mentioned some of the other rosters to try this um, in years past and he goes to the Clippers in 2018 and 19 with Pat Bev Lou Williams and Shea the 2014-15 Raptors had Lou Williams, Gravis Vasquez, and Kyle Lowry. The Suns, back when everyone was making jokes about how all they were doing was acquiring point guards, they had Isaiah Thomas, Eric Bledsoe, and Goran Dragic, and they were all in the positive when it came to point differential per 100 possessions. What are your overall uh, overall thoughts before we dive into some of the details on this when you just hear the notion, hey, three-point guard lineups, is there something more to this as we go forward in the NBA? I want to say that this is like there, there's something to it. I, I'm not going to deny that there is something to it. What I do kind of wonder is we're looking at two of these line again, two of the five lineups that we're not two of the five lineups that we're talking about involve SGA. The other one involves Grievous Vasquez, and the only <laughs> one where you could say like that's a real experiment with three point guards under six four. Or 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 six five is the Suns Bledsoe I, it Goran Dragic lineup. That is an experiment right there, and I I do wonder how much of this is just basically using what you got in the kitchen. Like it goes back to the whole Friday make it enough scene. Like you just have to make what you have work, and for right now. There again, these guys are making it work, and you're, it takes special players to make it work. Obviously, it was a special guy for a while. So was Goran Dragic. That worked. We ain't even got to get into how special Lou Will, Lou Will and Kyle Lowry are. That worked. SGA is special in its in his own right. Then you add Lou Will again, and Patrick Beverly, who's just going to be just just a pain no matter what. Then. Like anything with Chris Paul's just gonna work at this point. Anything, <laughs> anything. You could tell me we're gonna go back to the '80s, and then Chris Paul's gonna play Isaiah Thomas from like that '88 fi- that '88 final series, and then yeah, you know, I, I think I think they could. Win. But then you have SGA, right. and then Schroeder being what him, being himself, and then Lamelo's just Lamelo at this point. So <laughs> a lot of this really just feels like. Guys get like you put your best players on the floor and you let and you figure it out. A lot of that figures it out like figures it out like that. And then it goes from there. But is it something? Yeah, but you got to have the special pieces to make it work, obviously. 
Yeah. And, and the Charlotte Hornets kind of went to that when they were experiencing some injuries and we're already, you know, up against some time. So we'll take a quick break, but I do want to continue to look at some of this stuff as well as if the Hornets are going to invest in three guard, three point guard lineups going forward. But first I do want to talk about locker room. This episode is brought to you by locker room. Locker room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or your sport locker room is the perfect place to start or join the conversation about the league you can even find locked on hosts across the nba mlb and the nhl and you'll find fans just like you on locker room for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and of course reacting to the big news or the rumors go download the free locked uh, locker room app now It's currently available on all iOS devices and be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and the leagues, and I can't wait to join you all on the app. I'll sure to be uh, let I'll be sure to let you know once the lockdown Hornets have their own room and then we can kind of go yuck it up after the game, uh, give some post game breakdowns, whatever we want to talk about. Download the locker room app today. Locker room. It's changing the way we talk sports. We'll dive into more of the three point guard lineup. And if we have a chance to see it again, if LaMelo ball decides to return, we'll discuss that coming up next locked on uh, podcast network. This is locked on Hornets. You have gone to that in an after-school special show, <laughs> and you've gone to that in a shoe show with David Walker, the OG. I, you have gone back to the clerk's well for so many different references. It's quite impressive. Because clerk, here's the thing, though. Clerks, clerks 1 and Clerks 2 tell you everything you need to know about the service industry and, for the most part, about life. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski, he updates you on the latest news in every major sport. With the help of our local experts, you can follow the Locked On Today pod on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. RockAuto.com is also a place you need to go experience right now. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or your food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership. The rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, or your truck. You write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. They have an amazing selection. They have reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. So the numbers were really good for the Hornets in their three point guard lineup. It was only second to when you combine all of the lineups that we talked about over the years, the thunder had a crazy point differential Hornets, not crazy far off of that, but it was still second. So here's what Zotsman writes. It's no fluke that Charlotte's three point guard groupings annihilated their opponents with a 25.4 point differential per 100 possessions. Last season's thunder fielded the only three point group, uh, three point guard group to equal or surpass those numbers. And it actually won its 108 playoff minutes by 29 points, making it Oklahoma's winningness three player lineup in that losing series that they had last year in the postseason. And we keep going back to those 
types of comparisons. Zotsman does keep going back to Oklahoma City just because it was by far the most successful three-point guard lineup that we have seen really before. And if we're to try to uh, make some some of those comparisons, not I think there actually are quite a bit to mm-hmm. make. We mentioned Shea Gilgis Alexander. One thing about him that you kind of referenced a little bit, he's a big dude playing yeah. in the backcourt. Like that's a that's a tall point guard. LaMelo is a tall point guard. They've got different skill sets. They're a little bit different and they're actually a lot different in kind of the way that they play. Shea's just so weird. He's pretty unique within his own right, but they do have the size to help you in some regard. And even LaMelo has got to work on his on ball defense. He's not as good as Shea, but he does have the size to kind of make that work. You don't have the veteran point guard, but LaMelo does facilitate at a very high level. And Chris Paul, even if he is the orchestrator, uh, you know, the best orchestrator of all time, um, you know, one of them, you know, you can see LaMelo, he's got that kind of ceiling potential as, you know, as long as he's able to reach it going forward in his career. And then another similarity to these lineups is the fact that Gallinari, he really helped the Thunder last year, too, because he's such a good yes, offensive player. And Gordon Hayward really helps the Charlotte Hornets team. And so Zotsman's right that it's not necessarily just enough to have those three guys on the floor together. Having another player that can facilitate, that can give you some size, that can also score in the half court and shoot three-pointers, it helps to have those types of guys. And Danilo was that guy for OKC. Gordon Hayward is that guy for Charlotte. You know, when we talk about LaMelo going down, first and foremost, it just sucks because he was an awesome player this year. He was going to be rookie of the year. I mean, it doesn't, we don't have to dive deeper as to why it sucks. It's the best thing to happen in the Hornets organization. You know, that that alone is enough, uh, 100%. But even just like some of the smaller plots, like to see, okay, how can LaMelo, Terry, and Devontae work together? Where does Malik fit in all of this? You know, how much more could he improve? Like there are some other small uh, and subplots, I should say, that would have been fun to see be carried out as well. Um, yeah, so I think there are some comparisons to be made from what the Thunder had last year to no, what there the Hornets had this year. Th- there, there are absolutely some comparisons to be made. The biggest one is that, remember, that team didn't stay together very long. Stayed together for a year, and then everything just not necessarily fell apart, but everything had to come apart because of that. So there's the enjoy this while it lasts part, because next year is going to be radically different. I would also point out that, like you said, not only is it just the Gordon Hayward factor, but you also got to throw in the P.J. Washington factor on defense. Like, they're doing this without like a stalwart center. At least with OKC, there was that stalwart center in Steven Adams that would grab all the rebounds and make everything easy on the boards and therefore you could go with three with a three-guard lineup. There really is no big to do that. LaMelo is handling most of the rebounding responsibilities at the 3. So, that's what makes it a little bit different as well. Like there's a lot of this that is unique in its own right per se. And it shouldn't work, but yet it does work because LaMelo is just that good. And I, and I hate to put it to, like, the reason this three-point guard lineup is special is LaMelo. But unfortunately, I think that's the case, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'd be interested. LaMelo provides a, a lot for you. It, there's no doubt about it. I, I don't think that 
you can just put any three point guards out there on the court. They have to be good players. And so while I get your point about saying, yeah, look at the players these other rosters had, I think that's well understood that you have to have talent at those positions and you can't just throw any three point guards out there and find, uh, you know, a, a loophole and against defensive schemes and how you can attack it. Uh, but you're right. Like LaMelo does provide something really special. You know, here's something else. Otsman writes. He says, if Charlotte empties the vault to keep three starter level point guards on the roster, despite the star level trajectory of ball and the presence of a max contract player in Hayward, it would signify the team is intentionally committing to the long-term outlook of its three-headed Hydra. If Charlotte lets Graham walk, then we'll have to wait for the next three-point guard experiment to know if it can win in the crucible of the postseason. I disagree with this, Nada. I think that you know, it, it's a, it's a fun piece that he's written, but I think this is one thing he's not looking at. It's the Malik Monk decision because Malik, while he might have been cast as this shooting guard, you know, we've talked about this with Steve Clifford saying he thinks Malik has to be a point guard in order to succeed and be his best self in the NBA. We've seen him facilitate at a really high level. You know how much you and I have always loved the Malik Monk passing ability, even before he had his coming out party, so to speak, and ever since he got significant time against Indiana and made the most of it. You know, Malik serves that same kind of purpose. He certainly can, but he's a little unique because he can attack the rim at such a smaller size than what a lot of other point guards do at that size. So if you let Devonte walk, I don't think that is the gavel hitting down and saying we are now done with this experiment because Malik could still be back with this roster. True. It won't look radically different like you had with Oklahoma City where Chris Paul moves on and a shooter moves on. Let's say Devonte walks. You still have Terry because he's under contract. Of course, LaMelo is going to be a part of the equation. And if you let Devonte walk, the likelihood that you keep Malik Monk goes skyrocketing. And that still allows you to go with somewhat of a three point guard lineup. And we could still see what that particular point differential looks like next yeah no absolutely like i do kind of wonder about like a lot about this because like we're talking about at the end of the day three-point guard lineup and we see salzman uses um he uses if i'm not mistaken lou williams in the in two of those examples and lou williams isn't exactly a traditional point guard as we think and that's closer to a malik monk situation (laughs) than anything else so it like I don't feel like this is one of those things where it bangs the gavel on three point guards don't work. I would say honestly, it's more about okay, we have a whole bunch of guys that play the same position and we need some roster versatility. There's more of that than it is a large large sample gathering of oh my god, this doesn't work. We need to change it. It just happens to be unfortunate. Yeah. Timing. Well, and and you know the thing that unlocks this even a little bit more so too. you are right about just accentuating your strengths. You got to work with what you got. And Borrego was having to do that saying, Hey, these are our best players. Sometimes basketball doesn't have to be too hard. I mean, again, I would argue Borrego hasn't necessarily gone with that deeper onto the bench, but playing Terry Devante and LaMelo. These are our best players. I don't care if they're more point guards and all backcourt players. You know, I, I get that point of things, but also what you have is, Miles Bridges on this roster hitting threes at a higher level this year. That helps coming off of the bench and just being with that kind of lineup. But also PJ, as you mentioned, Nada, PJ at the five, it brings such a different angle 
to the Charlotte Hornets than when you even talk about Steven Adams or even a New Orleans Noel last year. New Orleans Noel is is a good fit for that yes. type, right? Like even defensively, you look at what he's doing this year. His numbers are pretty stupid. It's not being talked about a ton, but you know, he, he could serve a better role than what Steven Adams did last year. He's kind of the plotter. He's not even close to worth that contract. And, and, and so, you know, when you talk about uh, when you talk about PJ, somebody that can hit threes at a really high level and is providing some good defense that that's just, that's kind of yeah, rare. It is. Like there, there's not a, pe- a lot of people like PJ and if he can be more consistent offensively, it's just what makes you so excited about, Oh my God, this is, this is different basketball. The ball movement is exceptional. And what Zotsman writes about here that we should mention is, you know, the ability to attack closeouts with so many ball handlers, it's unreal. And the Hornets have been very, very good at attacking closeouts, just like Oklahoma City was last year. Not to mention when you get a Miles and a PJ playing the four and the five with that three point guard lineup, then you, I mean, good God, like it's, it's so hard to defend. And it's what's made those offensive numbers ridiculous with those types of five guys uh, that are playing exactly. on the court at any you given time. You start thinking about the assist percentage. Think about how, how high that assisted bu- bucket percentage was. It was at one point up to 75% which was far and away the record for ball movement this year, I would probably go about and say, look, again, someone like PJ unlocks a lot of ball movement. And I think the when we start talking about the struggles of PJ offensively, how much of that is due to the fact that, again, he's got to work a little bit harder for shots now with Devontae and Terry and no Lamelo to make things easier. He's going to have, he's going back to having to create. So when you talk yeah. about the three line, three guard lineup, where you, or four, when you talk about a Gordon Hayward as, as well, you're talking about four guys that can create off the dribble and create for other people. That makes it a lot easier for whoever the big is. And yeah, it, it's it's a sick concept, man. Move the ball at a crazy high level. Get the defense starting to f- try to recover as fast as they can. And when you have a ball handler with the basketball in his hands, it makes it that much harder to try to catch up and make sure you put yourself in between one, him and the rim, or also just get out fast enough to defend the three. It's really tough to do that. And that's why you can see a lot of fun with this team. It's a fun brand of basketball that LaMelo just unlocks to an entirely different level because he's one of the most fun players in the NBA, rookie or not. Uh, Bet online. AG is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action football. It might be over, but at the NBA, we're still in full swing as we get closer to the playoffs. They even cover awards, TV shows, reality TV. They've got real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online, your online sports book experts, promo code locked on. We've got the game tonight against the Lakers. We talk about that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. I said, oh, oh, hell yeah. Just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be. You tweeted at me. You're going to be singing the chorus to Billie Jean if you ain't careful. <laughs> and again, I point to the lie. Yes, I you're well, yeah, you're right. This goes back to our first conversation. There's a yes, lot of babies does. being had exactly. out there. Goodness gracious, <laughs> unexpected exactly. ones. Point ones to that the lie. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft pod, scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credential draft experts. You can subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Not a how close are we to no excuses territory, and does it depend on Dennis Schroeder uh, being that guy that would sway you one way or the other? Walker, can, can I tell you something? <laughs> <laughs> no yes, excuses territory was a phrase I created, and, mm-hmm. and it's become a Frankenstein. We've seen this team yeah. lose to a depleted Brooklyn team. We've seen this team compete with three quarters to a Giannis-less Bucks team. And then we saw this team lose to a, a depleted Atlanta Hawks team on Sunday. In terms of no excuses, I would wish that we could take, I could take it out back and shoot it in the back of the head. I don't want to hear no excuses anymore. No excuses is not, for this team, no excuses, you know, there are excuses. This team doesn't show up to play. This team doesn't, this team ain't there yet for no excuses. <laughs> I am retiring, if not killing off, no excuses for forever and ever and ever. Please do not ask me on wow. Twitter if there are no excuses. And, I, and I'm talking to okay. not only just you, Walker, but I'm also talking to Julian Council. Yes, you, because I know you're listening to this. I don't want to hear. I don't want to see hashtag no excuses in my mentions because you know what? They come back and they make me look like an idiot. So know what? No, no more. No more. No more. No excuses. I don't know it. I don't know if it makes you look like an idiot. It more so just is an indictment on the Charlotte Hornets for not playing well enough in those types of situations. The injury report, it's a long one. Um, not, nothing surprising, but it is a long one for both teams. So LaMelo's obviously out. Gordon Hayward is out. Malik Monk is out for the Hornets. Nothing new there. PJ Washington is probable for this game. So that is good news. Even if we've been duped before by a probable listing of Malik Monk a week and a half or so. So or a couple weeks back, PJ Washington being probable is certainly a good sign with that right ankle sprain. The Lakers, they're not going to give you LeBron James. They're not going to give you Anthony Davis in this one. Jared Dudley's also out. Alfonso McKinney is also not going to play. So Schroeder, while there was, I think, a little speculation he might even miss last game. He's not in the injury report. I think he is going to go, but the load is going to be heavily on his shoulders in order to try to get a win for the Lakers. You look at what they've done here recently. Ever since the LeBron injury, they lost to the Knicks. This was yesterday. So hopefully the Lakers, the second night of a back-to-back, hopefully that does affect them a little bit more. Julius Randle had a good game against his former team. So the Lakers would fall to the Knicks, 111-96. They would also fall to the Heat. They would fall to the Clippers. But basically, they've been playing 500 basketball recently. They've been winning one and losing one, and it's been that kind of trend, back and forth, back and forth, really for the last couple of weeks or so. This is, again, third game in four days. This is a depleted team. You're, the only thing you worry about with this team is are they just going to play volleyball on the boards? And is Drummond going to get his way? Is Marcus Gasol going to get his way? Is is one the one Morris Swim whose name I can't remember going to get his way? Like that's <laughs> the only thing I worry about. And then if that's going to happen, then you're going to start seeing people start cheating on Ben, cheating off Ben Mclemore, who who's known to hit threes. This should be a game they should be competitive, if not win, because LeBron's not there. But I don't feel confident in the slightest about this, like, at all. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I hope they win because I, because I think they need to start putting some – stringing some more wins together because if the goal 
is to avoid the playing tournament altogether, you're going to have to start making some hay, even though you have some tiebreakers over both the teams ahead of you right now. Yeah, you got, if you look at the standings right now, they are currently, they've got the tiebreaker over the Celtics. They're in the sixth spot. Celtics are in the seventh spot, but they're both nine games back. And then you look at the New York Knicks. They're just a half game back of Charlotte. Indiana is the nine seed. They are two games back of Charlotte. And then you start to have that little gap between the Pacers and the Bulls. The Bulls are five and a half games back of Charlotte right now. So that's the cushion that you have in between yourself and the 10 seed. So play in tournament it, you can feel good about that, I think. But as far as making the playoffs outright, um, you've got a lot of teams that you're going to be competing with. That'll do it for the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Always appreciate you guys joining us. And thanks again to Locker Room for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Have a great day. Remember to send in your questions tomorrow. It's the mailbag episode at Walker Mail at not of the scribe at lockdown Hornets. We will answer your questions. They can be about basketball or they can be about other fun things that might pop up. Um, whatever you think about, that's absolutely fine. Again, at Walker mail at not of the scribe at lockdown Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow with a mailbag episode.